We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. everyone. Welcome to Marketing Nerds. This is Kelsey Jones, Managing Editor of Search Engine Journal. And I'm here with Marcus Tober, CTO and founder of Search Metrics. How are you today? Good, Kelsey. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Awesome. So. Uh, so we're coming live to you from PubCon. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about rank, uh, mobile and local SEO compared to desktop, and a few other things. So one thing that I think is really interesting is your ranking factor study that Search Metrics did. Do you want to kind of discuss what your findings were? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the findings that, that we discovered, to, in a, I mean, in a short summary, is that you see that uh, on-page optimization is getting more important, interestingly. Um, so things like the optimization of the speed, uh, the structure of the page, so the, the number of internal links, they, they really do care. So it, it's also important to... Um, take a look on the content of a page so that the content is holistic and provides um, information that the user expected for the queries that, that he made. Um, I can talk about that later in detail when maybe we could talk about Hummingbird. Um, also, we saw that the, the backlinks, the importance of backlinks are decreasing. Um, we in, in included in, this, the, in the current study also quality features of, of backlinks, like how many new links you got and how that does that correlate against rankings, how many links you got from uh, authority sites, like news sites or all sites that were included in Google News. And we, we found a lot of interesting um, findings, but especially you can see that, that things like the, the site structure and the, and the, the on-page optimization is, or like the content is getting more important. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of great information. One thing that I have been working with a lot of clients on is getting more active with their mobile SEO and building responsive sites. How do you think local SEO differs between mobile and desktop? Yeah. Um, according to the numbers, if you just uh, take a look at the numbers, 36% um, of the landing pages that we uh, compared uh, from the desktop to uh, the mobile search are different, thirty-six wow. percent. Wow! So it means it's it's a pretty big difference. Yeah. There are some some good reasons because sometimes um, a site like Wikipedia or IMDb or, or others they have an M dot version, so it's it's a different landing page, but actually it's the same content. Um, that's also part of the thirty-six percent difference. But also, uh, Google is looking at. Um, information that, that's easier to, to use on, on mobile phones, like my location. Um, uh, also, Google knows my, my screen size, so uh, they know that that's better, that content that's optimized for a mobile user experience should, should be more worth. And that's, that's why the optimization for mobile will become more and more different to the optimization for desktop, definitely. And also the, the differences of things like my location, uh, my personal behavior. So if I use Android and I have Google now, mm -hmm. so Google, you know, tracks all my search behavior yeah, and that right. will definitely 
take into account in, in what Google will, will display me if, if I have a search. So this number, 36% difference, I think that will definitely increase um, over time. Also with responsive design, because responsive design means it's the same landing page, but um, displayed for the uh, different purposes like big screen, different version, small screen, another version, but still the same URL. But, but also with that kind of responsive design that, that will you know penetrate more websites, um, it will definitely have a big change of how Google will uh, rank sites on, on mobile and, and desktop. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that when you mentioned how Wikipedia has a mobile version of their site. Do you think that it's better for sites to go to be responsive instead of having, you know, m.wikipedia.org? I mean, is, is, should they always go responsive or does it depend? Um, I mean, there's, there are always waves, right? There was a big wave of um, having a dot, uh, mobile, mobile, mobile site, so M-O-B-I. Oh, I mean, yeah. like a like a uh, like an, like another TLD. Then it was the M dot subdomain phenomenon, and I believe the the next wave, and it's I think we are already in, in, in within the wave is um, you should go responsive, definitely, and it makes sense because it's easier to maintain a website instead of having two different yeah, versions. Definitely. So all the the content management systems they will be able to provide um, the same content uh, in, in a different way to different devices. So I think that that's that's. That's the future. One thing um, I always think about, how is tablet traffic, does it get counted as mobile as, or as desktop? And does that make a difference? Um, it depends. I mean, if you look um, how users use a tablet and what do they do with it, it's, it's um, from that standpoint, it is different to a desktop PC because a desktop PC is mostly used over the day. Um, pretty much often within the office at work, and it's more used for uh, an informa information search behavior, more for the discovery of stuff. But the, the transactional queries or the transactions are pretty much often made in the evening on the sofa yeah. with the tablet. So you could say that the tablet is the extension of the desktop because it has a bigger screen, like like a desktop, and is different to um, to a mobile device. And also, if you if you take a look at the statistics again. I said 36% mm -hmm. mobile and desktop. On tablets, is it's between 80 and 85% the same. So the difference is between 10 and 15%. Uh, sorry, um, 15, 20%. Okay. Um, so it means that Google knows, okay, it is a tablet, so it's kind of very similar to desktop. Yeah, and I've noticed too on yeah. my iPad, sometimes I'll go to a website and it'll automatically send me to the mobile site. It's almost like they don't, they, you know, the site doesn't know how to recognize a tablet. Yes. And and like you said, that's I don't want the mobile version on my tablet because yeah. the screen's bigger. Yeah, but that's a bad user experience, definitely. Oh, because yeah. if, if if I have a mobile version on, on a tablet, it really looks weird. Yeah, yeah. I know. And it I find myself trying to go to the desktop version, trying to find the link yeah. for it. So But this is this is nothing that Google can change. That's just that's a, a mistake by by the the web designer or the webmaster who had a, a misconfiguration of of which layout should be displayed. Probably yeah. they just look for iOS, and that's why the the iPad and the iPhone they both run on iOS. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just a misconfiguration. Yeah. Um, so I know you kind of mentioned earlier that you wanted to touch on Hummingbird. How do companies prepare for that, and what are some strategies surrounding that? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say that that 
I don't know many companies, maybe you can just count it on two hands, that, that are well prepared for Hummingbird because um, it's very hard to understand what, what Hummingbird actually is because mm -hmm. if you have things like Panda or Penguin, it's easier to to understand because you see the affected websites, you see a pattern, and you can just avoid that pattern. Yeah, That's it. But with Hummingbird, it's a it's a whole rework of the whole algorithm. That means that all queries are affected. It also means that Google has a machine learning aspect is getting better and better over time. And to explain what Hummingbird is, um, you have to understand that what the, the goal from Hummingbird was. So the user wants to have a good result. A good result is depending on multiple things like context. So is it a mobile device or mm -hmm. is it... Uh, is it a, a static device? Um, how is my location? So I'm in Las Vegas. If I search for restaurants, that's I have a different different intention. Um, if I search for um, a product, is it more like a transactional intention or is it informational? And with all these things, Google uh, within Hummingbird mm, put knowledge in in or put in their algorithm put knowledge to understand the query. So Google tries to understand that queries with a similar meaning are actually the same. Google also tries to understand the content through, for example, entity extraction. So they know that if I talk about um, restaurants, Google know that this is a restaurant and the names of restaurants are different entities. Um, so, for example, if you do uh, chain searches, so if I search for the uh, the uh, the, like the Applebee's the, or something? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, if I just search for Applebee's and then do a search for, uh, like, like on Google Now, um, where is this restaurant? Without mentioning Applebee's, Google knows that Applebee's as an entity is a restaurant and gives me the answer. So this is something that's also included within Hummingbird. But, I mean, as a takeaway for companies to be prepared for Hummingbird, they have to change their behavior from making a very simple keyword research to um, to a topic research. And the topic research means that if they want to be successful within within or now, within Google and the future, they have to cover the topics that are related to, to that initial query. So for example, if I take iPhone again, iPhone 6, that's the newest mm -hmm. uh, Apple product. So if I want to be important for iPhone 6, I have to mention the screen sizes. 4.7 inch, 5.5 inch. I have to mention the color options like champagne and black and so on. I have to mention probably sapphire glass because this is what covers the, the lens of oh, the yeah. camera. So this is what Google knows. If I don't cover all these topics, Google knows, okay, it's about iPhone 6, but not really about iPhone 6 because I don't cover the things that the user probably expected. And Google knows. Google has um, all the, the, the queries. So if someone searches for iPhone 6, probably also searches for the colors. Uh, Google knows that that probably also someone searches for the, the the screen sizes, so Google can put that together and understand if a page is more holistic, delivers a better user experience, or answering is answering more questions, or is it just a flat thin content? And this is something what companies definitely have to do: invest time in that kind of topic finding instead of uh, simple keyword research. Yeah, and I know you had said you could probably count on you know two hands how many companies are actually prepared. Do you think? Hummingbird kind of got pushed to the wayside and people are paying more attention to other changes when they really should be yes. preparing for Hummingbird? Everything that's complicated um, 
uh, people try to avoid everything that's complicated. That's why they they I mean that's why they pay attention to that still that that old SEO checklist behavior. So we when we talk we understand these these things right. So we understand what the topic is. We can we can also do um, uh, like like this advanced research and understand what kind of topics I should cover. But do we write the content within companies? No. Usually the copywriter is, is the person who needs good instructions and there's the gap in companies. So copywriters, editors, they still use that, that SEO checklist behavior like, oh, the, the SEO told me I have to include the keyword in the title. Okay, yeah. check. He told me I have to include the keyword somewhere on the page. Check. Oh, I have to put in the footer um, a nice SEO-friendly text <laughs> that hopefully nobody will read, right? Um, this is still that old behavior. And the, the companies, they should prepare that the content should be discovered, that the user really discovers the content and reads and is happy and gets answered instead of you know, wondering why that kind of weird content is on the page with a lot of stuffed keywords in it. And yep. that's, that's why our knowledge, we have to transform our knowledge and um, influence the whole company. And that's, I think there's a gap. There's a lot of work too that has to be done. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a whole, you know, paradigm shift into changing your how you write content because I think so many companies are still, like you said, stuck in the checklist behavior way and yeah. focusing too much on the keywords instead of providing a holistic experience for the user, which is what Google's trying to do. Absolutely. But it's easy to talk about. Yeah. It's also easy to find good examples. So look, Wikipedia is a really good example because it's always holistic. Yeah. So you take, they have always one landing page and if something um, uh, uh, happens to that specific topic, the, the page will be extended. So this is, the, that means holistic. So you have like the, the relative theory from Albert Einstein. They, they don't have multiple pages, they have one page. Mm -hmm. And if something is, is, is new, I mean, that something is newly discovered, what could happen, the page got extended from someone who had deeper knowledge about the topic. And in the reality, I mean, for 99.9% .9 of all companies, someone writes a content that has no clue about the topic. So like, you know, okay, you write a content about <laughs> that Tacky product, but you have no clue about it. So that's why that person writes a very um, superficial article yeah. about something that that's not really relevant, and that has to change. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not giving the full user experience that the content should Absolutely. provide. Yes. So to just kind of you know wrap up, if somebody, if a company wants to learn more about how to implement the correct strategies for Hummingbird, do you have any resources you would recommend? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the most easiest way is to just use Google to get, um, a lot of ideas on how a topic should be. So the easiest is just use Google suggest. You see that what Google is su mm -hmm. suggesting. So obviously these kind of, um, queries are, uh, have a relationship. Um, then there is, um, under each SERP, there are the related keywords. So they also have yeah. a good relationship. Um, you can do a co-occurrence analysis. I mean, do it manually is hard work because you have to expect all terms and measure the term frequency on, on all these pages, but you can use the search metric suite. Uh, we provide, um, a really good content optimization experience and help companies. Um, but like I said, there are a lot of ways to do it manually. I will, you, you will definitely see there are a lot of 
vendors like search metrics we are you know one of the first in that area who invests in that in that kind of uh, data science driven approach awesome i mean I, I think that that's really helpful so thank you so much for being on the kelsey. marketing nerds podcast thank you too yeah uh, this is kelsey jones managing editor of search engine journal with marcus tober cto and founder of search metrics cool This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.